0: Alright, if you'll take your Bibles, let's turn once again to Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. We've been looking at what it takes for believers to mature or to grow spiritually so that uh, we can be effective for the Lord. And we must have a firm foundation of faith in Christ to build on. That's a, that's the first requirement. And you've got to have a genuine uh, born-again experience born of the Spirit of God, being in Christ. And once you have that, then you are able to grow. Uh, you, you, something that doesn't have life does not grow. You've got to have life to be able to grow. Once you uh, have that life, then you must practice spiritual diligence and adding to your faith. Set the seven things that are listed by Peter here in verses 5 through 7. Let's read them here. In verse 5, And beside this, giving all diligence... Add to your faith virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. And here's this morning's uh, a- addition. And to temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. So we've seen that we had need to add to our faith this virtue. And we define that as a desire to do what? is right. Because listen, if you don't have a strong desire to do what is right, you're probably not going to do what's right. You've got to have a desire to do it. We must add knowledge to that virtue. We must abide in right doctrine and so that we have the right knowledge to be able to do what is right. And then we must add temperance that we looked at last week to uh, to that knowledge, and we said we must exercise that self-discipline with the aid of the Holy Spirit to to do what is right once we know what the right thing to do is. And so we come to this this fourth thing that we're to add found there in verse 6, and that is this matter of adding patience to our temperance. To temperance, we're to add patience. And the word translated patience there refers to steadfastly enduring in faith, not surrendering to circumstances. I'm going to read that again. It's steadfastly enduring in faith, not surrendering to circumstances. We could describe it as to to just keep on keeping on in the Lord. Amen? When you're tempted to quit, just keep on keeping on. We could describe patience as spiritual endurance because that's what it is. So, so that we will keep on doing what is right even when we are challenged or opposed. And if you're going to try to do what's right, we're going to see uh, you are going to be challenged or opposed when you determine that that's what you're going to do. So why do we need this matter of patience or spiritual endurance? Why does Peter include this ingredient in the recipe of maturing faith in Christ? Uh, and there's several scriptural reasons, just three that we're going to take a look at today. Uh, number one, believers are not shielded from difficulties. Now, this life is full of difficulties in it. Man that's born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. Uh, Job said that. But we know that uh, we're not shielded as believers. Some people believe and some false, doc, false teachers teach that if you just believe on Christ for salvation and all of your problems are just going to vanish away and life's going to be hunky-dory for you all the rest of the time. Well, that's a lie. You know, Joel Osteen and Rod Parsley and others like them can proclaim that type of false doctrine, but it don't make it true. And, and uh, you need to be careful who you, who you listen to to get your doctrine from. There's not one shred of truth to that. And all they have to do is just turn to 2 Timothy 3.12 uh, and we find that the opposite is revealed. That, that scripture in 2 Timothy 3.12 says that and it's clear that all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. If you're determined you're going to live right and do right, just hang on, you're going to suffer some per- persecution for that. Because he goes contrary to this world that we live in, Paul was writing that to Timothy, but Paul went on to tell Timothy, he says, what, telling him what how he was to live in light of that. He says, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. That that is that patience, endurance that we're talking about. Um, the uh, It takes patience to do that. It takes that spiritual endurance. Our Baptist heritage and this book that we preach out of, this Bible, uh, is paved with the blood of the martyrs who dared to contend for the faith. Now, the recipients of this letter that we're preaching from uh, certainly faced difficulty uh, and they needed to be encouraged to remain steadfast and faithful to the Lord. I mean, this was during the time when Nero, who was a madman, was in power in Rome at the time, and he was so deranged uh, that he killed his first three wives as well as his own mother for fear of losing his political power. And under his insanity, the flames of persecution were ignited against the church. Such persecution brought enormous pressure upon believers. And uh, they were uh, under pressure to give in to the opposition and surrender their loyalty to Christ and say, well, you know, I'm going to turn away from this Christian thing. But that's not what they were to do. Now, understand that Peter, too, knew what difficulty was. In fact, in the book of Acts, we can learn how he was imprisoned boldly for preaching the gospel of Christ. God miraculously freed him on two separate occasions there in Acts chapter number 5 and also in Acts chapter number 12. I mean, he, he was preaching what the Lord told him to preach, uh, and then they arrested him, threw him in the, threw him in the slammer, and then uh, threatened him. And uh, uh, we, we know that he was able to get out of prison. Praise the Lord for that. But although he was jailed and threatened not to ever preach in the name of Jesus again, listen. He nevertheless persisted in proclaiming Jesus. He persisted. Um, we uh, may face difficulties at times ourselves. Je- Jesus called them temptations and trials. In James 1, verse 2 and 3, he said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Listen, trials come in diverse forms. They, they come in various types of uh, forms, but they come. And I may not face the things that you face, and you may not face the things that I face. However, if we determine that we're going to live godly in Christ Jesus, we're going to face something. And uh, we, we, we know that... Uh, uh, that's one of the reasons why we need to maintain patience or spiritual endurance in our lives. We need to, to, to determine that we're going to live godly in Christ Jesus and, uh, in spite of the trials we might face. I want you to flip back uh, one, a page or two there to 1 Peter. Chapter 1, when Peter wrote his first epistle to believers who were under tremendous persecution, he told them the trial of their faith was precious. Look at 1 Peter 1 and verse number 3. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. He says, and notice verse 6, wherein you greatly rejoice. And we do rejoice in those things that I just read about. Amen? Amen? We rejoice in being able to be born again by God's abundant mercy and the things that we got to look forward to in our inheritance that is uh, therefore awaiting us when we get home to heaven. But notice what he says in verse 6, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. He says that the trial of your faith being much a uh, more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of, Je- of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, ye love. And in whom, uh, though now ye see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of of your souls. Uh, he, he wrote those things, but I want you to look at some other things that he says later on in this epistle. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3. He talked about the trial of their faith, and he mentions some things regarding to this. Uh, 1 Peter 3 verse 14 there, he says, But if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be Troubled. Look down in chapter number 4, verse number 12. He says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. And if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Amen. And then look at verse number 19. He says, Wherefore, let them that suffer, notice this, them that suffer according to the will of God, commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. So we know believers are not shielded from difficulties. Second thing, we see that believers are not shielded from defeats. Now, in the scriptures, we, we learn not only of folks who, who had some great victories, uh, uh, many of the saints of God we read about, but some of those same saints we read about had some defeats as they tried to serve the Lord. Uh, one of the most notorious, of course, is David, the man who's after God's own heart, uh, he uh, fell into temptation in uh, the fleshly lust, and of course he wound up committing adultery and murder because of that. Uh, but he did not. He did not stay there. He got. He was down, but he didn't stay down. He got back. He confessed his sins and got back into what the Lord would have him to do. James tells us not only about the battles that we will have with trials, but he also tells us about the battles we're going to have with temptation. In fact, he says in James 1.12, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. That's that patience. Endureth temptation. It takes patience or spiritual endurance to press on even when we have failed the Lord. Take Peter. which We saw last week Peter's failure uh, as he Uh, denied the Lord three times after he said he wasn't going to do it. And the Lord said, oh, you are. (laughs) Uh, But he he denied the Lord three times and then uh, went back fishing again. Uh, The Lord had to go go say, come on, not not time to quit, Peter. Uh, Feed my sheep. And we know that some have failed the Lord and uh, then quit on the Lord. I don't remember who said it, but I think it was attributed to the, the late Vince Lombardi, coach of the first Super Bowl champions, the Green Bay Packers, he said, quitters never win and winners never quit. I think he was the one that said that. But let me modify that just a little bit. Winners never stay quit. Okay, Winners never stay quit. They they may get injured or even make a bad decision and, and go to the sidelines for a little while, but they eventually get back up and get back into the game. And uh, sometimes folks' pride won't let them get back where they need to be with the Lord. Some who used to serve the Lord, uh, something happened, and somehow they failed the Lord, and now pride stands in the way of them even admitting that they were wrong. We don't like to admit we're wrong. None of us do, especially publicly, right? But, you know, if, if our sin was a public sin, public sin requires a public confession, Sins of the heart need only be carried to the Lord. When we sin against Christ, we need to get things right with Him. Uh, however, when we sin against another person, we need to try to get things right with that other person and the Lord. And it's not always, uh, you're not always able to get things right with the other person. Uh, you, you can try on your end, uh, I've tried on my end for years, some particular people that still hold a grudge against me uh, for, for something, and uh, you do what you can to try to remedy those things, but uh, uh, sometimes it's not possible. And when we, when we sin against another person, we try, need to try to get things right with that other person and the Lord. And if we sin against the church, we need to get things right with the church and with the Lord. May God help us to get things right when we are wrong. And may He help us to, to get uh, things right in the right way. So when we fail, and you know, listen, we need to, to watch that we don't give up. We need to endure by following God's word. Proverbs twenty eight thirteen tells us he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. So we need spiritual endurance because we're not shielded from difficulties or from defeats. And then finally, I want us to see believers are not shielded from discouragements. You know, you ever been discouraged? Yeah, we get get that way, don't we? Uh, I mean, we really do. One of Satan's most effective weapons against believers is discouragement. And Scripture warns us to not become weary while we're well-doing and Galatians 6, verse number 9 says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And, and Paul encouraged the Thessalonian church. He said, But ye brethren, be not weary in well-doing. There in 2 Thessalonians 3.13. Now, that means it's possible for believers to become weary in well-doing. It is possible. Remember how Joshua got discouraged after the defeat at Ai, I mean, he had this wonderful victory at Jericho, and he turns around expecting another great uh, victory. Uh, but that defeat was caused by the sin of one man Achan's sin. And uh, uh, he was discouraged. But, uh, the Lord got him back to where he needed to be. We know that Elijah got discouraged after the great victory he had on Mount Carmel. it's calling fire down from heaven. Boy, what a wonderful sight that was! And uh, all of the prophets of Baal being <laughs> being slain. Uh, wonder, wonderful thing going on there. And then uh, Jezebel steps up. That that wicked leadership that was there in the land. Jezebel uh, threatened him, and through that threat, he got discouraged, and he was about to quit. Uh, the Lord, uh, the Lord came to him and got him. Got, got him back up on his feet because he wasn't finished with him yet Job got discouraged Job went through a difficult time I, we read in the book of Job and I don't know about you but I don't know that I would have made it as far as Job did I just really don't I mean he went through a lot and uh, Job got discouraged because he didn't understand what God was doing in his life have you ever been there you know, you're going through a difficult time. He said, "Man, what in the world is this happening for? Why, why, why is, why is God doing this?" And uh, in the end, Job he was encouraged and by the Lord, and he uh, he was rewarded uh, for not quitting on God. Amen. Jeremiah got discouraged when he was persecuted for just just being obedient to God. God. God uh, told him to do something. He went and did it, and they got thrown in a hole. Yeah, he was—he uh, was—he was—he uh, 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 was discouraged because of that. He was persecuted just for being obedient, just for doing what God told him to do. Peter got discouraged when he denied the Lord and failed him so miserably. Timothy, Paul's son in the faith almost succumbed to discouragement. In fact, in the first chapter of First Timothy, Paul hints that Timothy was wanting to leave Ephesus because he was having a, a, a discouraging run of it there as pastor. I understand you know, somewhat of what maybe he was going through. And Paul told him to abide still at Ephesus and then challenged him to take a strong stand. And that's what Timothy did. Paul gave him the instruction to to use his gifts for God. And later in 2 Timothy, Paul told him to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. That's 2 Timothy 2 and verse number 3. And then Paul... uh, told Timothy to be faithful to the task of preaching the word of God. That's what, his last words to Timothy was to preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all suffering. And he, he encouraged him in that preaching. There are so many things that can discourage us. Uh, we can get discouraged because of people. Amen. We're talking about others. People can discourage us. We can get discouraged because of circumstances, going through something and some trial and uh, we don't understand why we're having to go through it and we get discouraged because of the circumstances we're having to face. We can get discouraged because of family problems, family issues. We can get discouraged because of physical problems. You know, when you're going through some physical difficulties, it's, it, you try to keep a proper attitude, but sometimes it kind of takes and wears on you a little bit, doesn't it? We can get discouraged because of church problems sometimes. I believe that the way to overcome discouragement is to stay focused on the right thing. And I, and I want us to turn to a couple of passages here, real quick. At the, look at Hebrews chapter number 12. Hebrews chapter number 12, and uh, here we are told to keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus. Chapter number 12 follows the Hall of Faith chapter, and it follows really uh, there toward the end of the Hall of Faith chapter. There's some very discouraging things people were going through. Uh, if you look da- in chapter 11, verse 36, and he says, Others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover bonds and imprisonment. And they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They, they wandered about in sheepskins, goatskins, being, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. You know, they were going through some difficulties and trials, amen, but they were people of faith who went through those. But he says in verse number one, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. What he's saying is, that listen the hall of faith, they, they had a race to run, and they did they did their part of the race, and you know they, they lives through some tough things, uh, let's, let us do the same thing. And then verse 2, he tells us how to do that. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That looking unto means focusing on. You, you, you focus on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand <coughs> excuse me of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. So keep your eyes on Jesus in these last days. Yes, some discouraging times can come. Yes, some temptations and trials may come, but keep focused on the Lord. Look at uh, Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter number 3. And we see that we are to uh, set our affection on the things that are above. Seek those things which are above and set our affection on things that are above uh, where Christ is at right now. I mean, if you're going to focus on Jesus, focus on where he's at and uh, look, look at what we see here. It's Colossians chapter 3, verse number 1 If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then, ye, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And so it tells us to seek those things which are above. Seek the things that are eternal. Amen. And the things that are in this life are temporal. The things in heaven are eternal. So let's keep our eyes in the right place. Set our, seek the right, right things. The things that are above, not the things on the earth. And set our affection on those things. And Jesus is our great example. Amen. Jesus is our great encourager. Jesus endured. He endured the cross. Amen. He endured the cross for us. Jesus did God's will even when it was hard to do God's will. Uh, And so must we. So in order to mature, as we should, we must add to our faith some patience and some spiritual endurance. How do we do that? Well, by trusting God in times of our difficulties, by confessing our sin and times of our defeats, and by staying focused in times of our discouragement. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning <clears throat> for the encouragement of the Word of God that not only tells us, Lord, uh, the things that, that we can uh, see that... Uh, uh, we understand that if we try to live godly, that it, that it, go, it cuts across the grain of this world. And we, we do suffer some persecution at times because of that. But we can be encouraged in your word and these things that we've taken a look at today. So help us, Lord, as we uh, go about, help us to add to our uh, temperance. Help, help us to add that patience, to just stick with it, to endure, to patiently endure. And, Lord, we, we need that. But Lord, there may be one here today that doesn't know Christ as Savior, and uh, they're, they're, they're missing the foundation. doesn't do any good to try to add a building on top of uh, no foundation. You must have a foundation. And, Lord, the only true foundation that can withstand uh, anything is the Lord Jesus Christ. And so help them today, if they don't know you, to come and be saved. Those of us that know you, Lord, help us in these last days uh, uh, to to lean more upon you, lean upon your everlasting arms, and and trust you for uh, what we need in our walk with you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.